demo. Can you believe Christmas is almost here? Thank God for Well and You, Bretto. If you're looking for inspirational gifts for your friends, family or colleagues, then Well and You have you covered. Why not give away The John, the iconic journal of me, which has taken the world by storm to help your loved ones create an incredible 2016. Or the beautiful coffee table book, INQ, The Inspirational Quotient. This stunning, full-colour coffee table book with inspiring quotes and images is the perfect Christmas gift. To see the full range of Christmas ideas, simply go to www.wellandyou.com. That's www.welliness.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. The Real Food Real is a fresh and educational podcast dedicated to your health. We get real on current research, debunk food myths, and educate you on how to just eat real food. Your host, Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist, is one of Australia's leading sports nutritionists, passionate about simplifying nutrition and addicted to coconut lattes, smoothies, and sweet potato. If you love the show, then please leave us a review on iTunes. Share the real food reel with your friends and continue to spread the real food love. Hi team and welcome back to the Real Food Reel. Today on the show, I speak with Johnny Pollard from One Giant Mind. Johnny is an internationally recognized meditation teacher who has dedicated his life to sharing the knowledge he has gained from some of the greatest living masters of our time. Today on the show, Johnny and I will chat all things meditation and mindfulness. Hi, Johnny, and thanks for your time today. Hi, Steph. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I'm really excited to speak with you today. And as it's your first time on the show, can you give us a little bit of background information about yourself and certainly One Giant Mind? Sure. Uh, I'm a meditation teacher by trade. Um, I sort of arrived at that role um, over a 22-year period of studying uh, and learning with some of the, the great masters, as you, as you mentioned, um, of the Vedic tradition. The Vedic tradition is a, uh, uh, an ancient tradition that derives from the Indian culture. And um, it, the best way to describe it is it's, it's like a, a science of the mind, a science of consciousness, and how to use the mind to uh, awaken its full potential. And um, and they describe that as you know, expand, ever increasing expanded awareness of reality of what's going on both the self and the external world. So I, I've dedicated myself to to those practices and the philosophy and the teachings and the knowledge base that sort of underlies the practices. And um, in my journeys, it became really clear to me how um, pertinent this knowledge is. And applicable and important it is actually for for us living in the West. And you know, I've I've no, I've watched over the last sort of fifteen years the popularization of meditation, mindfulness, and other Eastern practices, um, and how much of a demand there is for get, gaining greater insight in the nature of the mind, and the nature of self, and the nature of reality. And these beautiful traditions that derive from the East so eloquently and elegantly expound that for us and provide us with techniques that we can have a direct experience of it. And so um, my, you know, my life is really dedicated to, you know, first and foremost, continuing to master the experience of being a human being <laughs> and increasing my capacity to, you know, express my, my, my deepest nature, which I recognize as love and kindness and compassion and creativity and, um, you know, 
the ability to, to significantly contribute to the evolution of humanity and, and life in general. Um, and uh, then, you know, from there it's, you know, very much a part of my mission to, to teach others how to have this experience. And um, uh, as a result, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm in a very fortunate position. I live a, a very fun, fruitful life getting to sort of roam the world doing this. And, uh, and you mentioned One Giant Mind. That's, that's a, a charity that uh, I started with some dear friends and colleagues um, that is all about making meditation um, accessible to as many people as possible in the, in the easiest way because meditation actually isn't very difficult at all um, if it's laid out in the right way. And so uh, that's what we've done with this organisation. Yeah, amazing. So I wanted to um, break it down a little bit, if we could, for perhaps people who are new to this concept. What would be your definition of mindfulness? Mindfulness is a state. Uh, It's less a practice. In the West, we kind of think of mindfulness as a practice, something that you do. But actually, it's a state, and it's described very or defined very easily. It is the ability to have your attention anchored spontaneously, effortlessly, without any effort or focus or concentration in the present moment, where the awareness is able to just be in the moment and experience the moment as opposed to thinking about the moment or thinking about a moment that's past or worrying about a moment that's in the future. When the attention is just spontaneously, effortlessly here, and one is able to, beyond prejudice, judgment, discrimination, and all of this, just innocently be here and accept life as it unfolds, this is the state of mindfulness. In the Buddhist tradition, they call it vipassana or zogchen. It's it's actually a, a very ancient concept of allowing the attention just to be effortlessly here and now unconcerned about the past or the future. So that's how I'd describe it. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. And how in this, um, how does that differ to meditation in your mind? Uh, so meditation is a, is a means of, of establishing mindfulness. Mm. Meditation is a mechanistic, uh, systematic approach to cultivating that aspect of our consciousness that is responsible or enables us to have that spontaneous experience. And so um, there are very various types of meditation and there are um, you know, degrees in which some meditations assist in having this experience quicker than others, um, which I, we probably don't have enough time in this particular interview to go into all of that. But um, uh, med- meditation essentially is a, a system uh, or, or a mental process that stimulates this spontaneous experience of the mind falling into the present moment and just experiencing it naturally. And a good technique will also deal with that which obstructs the the mind from spontaneously being here. I would argue that mindfulness is actually our most natural state and the, the condition that we're experiencing currently in these modern times is that we are hyper stimulated and as a result, this, the, the, our physiology, our nervous systems are hyper-stimulated. And as a result, that causes our brain to respond in a very particular way. It's known as the fight-or-flight response. And in a fight-or-flight response, um, neurologically, it's very difficult to coordinate the physical and the mental in, some, in, in a particular way that gives rise to coherence 
and that, that sort of spontaneous present moment awareness. When we're in the fight or flight response, we're generally um, uh, experiencing a, a sense of danger. And when we're in a sense of danger, we're either calculating what we need to do in order to feel secure and safe in the future, or we're sort of, uh, um, uh, sort of grinding over something that's happened in the past um, and, and trying to concoct intellectually ways of avoiding that happening again in the future. So um, meditation, a good meditation technique, not only establishes and enables you to have a direct experience of the, the mindful state, which is being in the present moment spontaneously without any sort of effort, uh, but it also enables the physiology to start recovering. And, um, and, 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 the, and the, the foundations of recovery is really actually just very deep rest. You know, our body has a profound healing intelligence, and when that healing intelligence, the right conditions for that healing intelligence to be activated is activated, um, the body repairs itself very, very quickly and can recover. And the kind of repair that the body experiences in meditation has a profound implication on the mind and what, what gives rise as a result of the repair of the physiology yeah. is a more coherent, more dynamic, more expansive, interactive as opposed to in, a, a reactive um, brain state. And, um, yeah, and, and th this is what, uh, you know, regular meditators attest to is that, you know, what they experience is, you know, greater present moment awareness that is spontaneous. They just notice themselves having it. They're not having to practice it. They're not having to have to bring their attention constantly back into the present moment. They're just noticing, oh, wow, I'm, I'm really here. I'm really present and I'm not really worried about all these things I used to be worried about. And what's going on here is actually just the recovery of the nervous system from the past that they haven't pro probably properly metabolized, but also a, a more dynamic brain state that um, has been developed as a result of just the, the regular practice of exposing the mind to these more dynamic states of awareness through, through the practice. Yeah, I think you make some important points. The physiological benefits are, are huge and I don't... You know, I don't feel confident that everyone's aware of those benefits. I think it's important that we talk about that sympathetic world that we live in and how we can certainly start to uh, make that shift into a parasympathetic state with a regular practice. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, the, 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 the sympathetic state is, is purely reactive um, and uh, we absolutely have control over how, how we respond to external stimuli. But what that requires is us regulating our levels of fatigue and stress. And, um, and at the end of the day, you know, stress, all that is is just the, the natural response to external stimuli. And if we're experiencing too much stimulation, then our stress levels increase. Our, the, the, the stress response increases. Now, if we're experiencing high levels of stimulation on an ongoing basis without a regime of rest, then what that turns into is distress. And when we're in distress, that's when we, we switch from the parasympathetic nervous system into the sympathetic nervous system and we go into a fight or flight state where we actually feel like we're in danger. My senses are tired, they're dull, I cannot absorb the information of what's, been, you know, what, what, what's, what's occurring right now around me and I cannot successfully process it and then make accurate decisions about how best to respond to this external stimuli. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to produce excessive amounts of cortisol and keep me on high alert and cause me to respond to everything that I'm looking at through the filter of 
kill or run for my life. Mm. And this is, this is actually what's happening for most people most of the time all around the world right now. You know, stress, the, the high levels of stress and stress-related um, physiological and mental um, conditions are a global epidemic. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a real issue that we're facing. And, um, you know, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, it is what it is, but, um, you know, what we're starting to realize very, very quickly is that there aren't any pharmacological solutions for this. You know, you can't outsource the recovery of the nervous system. It's a, it's a totally inside job. And what it requires is an individual recognizing the condition and actually, you know, implementing a strategy of rest and recovery. And, you know, this is the great challenge that we face is learning how to stop and actually take charge of our lives and say enough's enough, you know, me flogging myself in this way is not worth it. I need to rest and actually make that a part of our daily regime. And currently it's not the way. In fact, you know, it's cool to be stressed. It's, it's cool to be super busy. You know, oh, I'm so busy. It's so frantic. You know, <laughs> this is the, 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 the byline of success, you know, and we've really got to shift that because it's not working for us in any way whatsoever. Yeah. That, how are you? I'm so busy is such an automatic response these days, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's so hectic. I'm so frantic. I'm, oh, I'm so stressed. And, mm. you know, we almost wear it as a badge of honor mm. and a badge of rank. And, you know, when we break it down, actually, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous because mm. it's really not working for us. Yeah, it's not an intelligent way to live. But you must love the, the abundance of research that we're now seeing coming through on the health benefits and the, even the, I guess, the productivity benefits in the corporate world of, um, of mindfulness and meditation and how it's be- is becoming more mainstream. Absolutely. I mean, for me, it's fascinating, you know, because, you know, when I first started meditating, you know, 22 odd years ago, um, you know, talking about meditation wasn't really a, you know, a, a thing you, you, mm. you could do, you know, around the dinner table without kind of bewildering or at least kind of alienating some people. You know, like, oh, what's that hippie nonsense you're talking about? You know, this esoteric woo woo business. Mm. Um, and now it's, you know, it's, you know, it's a conversation that is had on a daily basis everywhere I go. Um, which is a fascinating thing. But what's fascinating mostly about all the research is actually now having an understanding of, of the process that I've gone through because I, 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 I met, I've been meditating pretty consistently for that period of time and have gone through a, an extraordinary transformation and have always wondered, hmm, I wonder what's happening in my brain. I wonder what's happening in my, you know, on, on a genetic level. I wonder what's happening in my cells. I wonder what's happening in my blood. I wonder what my heart rate's doing. I wonder what the nervous system's doing. Like I always wondered about that. And now I can read up on it and go, oh, what do you know? That's what's happening. And that explains why I'm having this experience and this experience and this experience. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's very validating. It's very uh, – it, it certainly makes my job a lot easier in certain um, fields, including the corporate, the corporate area. Um, I don't know whether you know, but um, you know, I, I did a study where I'm in the process of just finalizing a, f- a world-first research um, program with um, Latrobe University and Swiss, that well, you know, the wellness company, um, where I, I, I trained all the staff in a, a meditation technique, and we're we're studying the impact of that. Um, over over a long period, over I think like eight eight months, I think the study's going for. And um, uh, what got that over the line 
well, what got me through the door was was the compelling science. You know that you know this is what it does to an individual, and they're like, oh, I wonder what it does to a to a company. If it does that to an individual, what does it do to a to a, to a company? And you know, I was able to teach the executives, and they had a remarkable experience with it, and you know, saw the the profound benefits um, uh, for them as individuals, but also as a team, how it enabled them to kind of really connect and become more coherent and more productive and more harmonious as a team. Um, and, you know, the, the logical progression for them was, okay, let's see what happens um, on, a, on a sort of throughout the whole enterprise, throughout the whole company when they get everybody doing it and let's study it. And um, so all the, yeah, all the research stuff just makes it that much more sort of tangible and also sexy, I think, you know, because I think people really love that that, you know, tangible evidence that this is not just a, a waste of time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's certainly going to help with, you know, the health and wellness departments or, um, you know, that, that area of, of corporate company invest yeah. in time and I guess encourage the practice for their staff when they're seeing those tangible benefits. And that's certainly going to be ongoing as it becomes more and more mainstream and, and certainly more studies become published and the awareness continues to grow. Correct. Yeah, very cool. So I wanted to talk more about Giant Mind because um, I know you have um, an app which I'd love you to share with us. Yeah. But if you could take us through, I guess, your approach and um, how you teach others to learn to meditate. Um, so as far as how I teach other people to learn to meditate, um, in my private practice uh, I, I teach a, an ancient technique called Vedic meditation, which is it falls in the category of automatic transcending techniques. Um, there are three basic um, categories that all meditations fall under. The, the first is um, concentration and contemplation techniques. The second is um, non-directed attention techniques. Um, and the third is automatic transcending techniques. And the technique that I primarily teach in my private practice is uh, uh, an automatic transcending technique um, that causes uh, awareness to go beyond the th- beyond the thinking process to transcend into a, a state of pure awareness. Um, and uh, the the technique that we teach with one giant mind derives from the Vedic meditation technique, and it's a sort of an entry level version of Vedic meditation. And the way that we have um, structured that program is actually, you know, I'm proud to say uh, as a result of uh, a really extensive process, we've invested about two years of time and energy um, and and researching and evaluating to arrive at our latest version. Um, We had a a beta version in the market for about 12 to 18 months. We're just accumulating lots of data about how people were interacting with the experience and the technique and the processes and then through a massive evaluation process, we, um, we, we, we deci- deciphered the, the most optimal experience that we could deliver via a smartphone. And what that is is it's a 12-step course. Um, each step takes 15 minutes. And then after the, the 12-step course, you actually know how to practice the technique self-sufficiently. But then we support you within the app with a 30-day challenge. And that basically encourages you having learned the technique technique to make it a habit um, and we support you for a 30-day process through a 30-day process um, holding you accountable to, to practicing at least once a day and within that you know we give you options with a male or female um, guidance um, 
in introing you into in and out of the meditation. There's a timer function. There's music. You know, there's a whole variety of functions there, including a journal um, and um, setting a reminder and all that kind of stuff. So it's a very very practical tool as well as um, a very comprehensive course in how to learn how to meditate. Yeah, absolutely. So I've done your um, twelve step course, and I think my favorite part is the or are the video t- tutorials. I think what's fantastic is that you or One Giant Mind have, um, I guess, created an area where you can break down those myths around meditation and mindfulness, which I think you know a lot of people struggle with. Um, yes. And I wondered if you had like some common myths and concept- uh, myths, misconceptions that you'd come, uh, I guess, that you'd arrived at through your research or certainly that you hear on a day-to-day basis. Oh, absolutely. Well, one, first and foremost, is that meditation is difficult. Mm. Um, the second would be that in order to meditate properly, you've got to empty your mind of thoughts. That's the one uh, I hear all the time. <laughs> yeah, and this is just the biggest misconception. The mind is a thinking machine. The mind doesn't cease thinking. What we're interested in is creating coherent thinking, creative thinking, as opposed to repetitive, destructive, dissonant thinking. Mm. And the way that we do that is by accessing deeper stratum of awareness because as we get deeper into our awareness state, we start moving towards um, the source of thought. Thoughts actually emerge from somewhere and we are able to have a direct experience of this state where thoughts emerge. We call this state being Um, and it's you, it's basically you minus your thoughts who am I, what am I, (laughs) Um, beyond my thinking. And um, what you are is a state of awareness that is that has seemingly no beginning or no end. It's lively, it's dynamic, it's still at the same time. So there's a bit of a paradox there, which is only understood through the direct experience of it. And it's filled with wisdom, adaptability, creativity, kindness, caringness, love, all of these things. It's, these are the qualities that emerge out of this state. And when we get closer to this state, which you do through the practice of transcending, moving quietly into these deeper states, um, almost like a, a, a sun rising, if you like, um, light begins to emerge not a physical light, but like a light of awareness starts to emerge in consciousness as we start to tap these deeper, subtler states of awareness. And over time, through the repetition of this particular practice, um, thoughts become more creative, more coherent, more reflective of our deepest nature, as opposed to being in conflict with our nature or in conflict with an idea of who we think we are, which is what most of the content of the mind uh, that plays out inside of our mind is. So. Um, the exercise of meditation isn't about clearing the mind of thought, certainly not in this technique. And so be, be really relieved by that. <laughs> because thought, thought, thoughts actually play a very important part in, a, in the meditation process. This is the other misconception, is that they're bad. They're not. They're, they're, they're critical. And, you know, if you take the course with the app, um, that is all broken down with no uncertainty. Is that correct? Do, do, you, do you have a cl- some clarity around the role of thoughts in meditation? as a result of doing the course? Yeah, absolutely. And I share that with all my clients. And it's funny how you get you, you do get that, oh, I can't meditate because I have too many thoughts when the irony is, is that type of mind is what needs 
meditation the most. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I hear it all the time. People yeah. say, oh, I'm, there's no way you can teach me to meditate. I'm one of those people that just never stops thinking. Mm. I go, oh, you, you as well. <laughs> you and everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the reality is that everybody is experiencing high velocity of thoughts at loud volumes. A lot of it is dissonant most of the time. A lot of it is repetitive, self-loathing, or um, in judgment of someone else outside of themselves. And it's it's rarely consistent creative thinking. And this is as a result of just being in a highly stimulated state and the body is tired, the mind is fatigued, and um, we're we're finding it difficult just to keep up with all the demands. And as a result, the, the deterioration of our sensory acuity and mental sharpness and emotional dynamism causes us to move into a, a negative state. And, um, you know, the meditation process actually moves us into this positive state, which is actually just an emanation of our nature. You know, a good technique will enable you to have a direct experience of your nature, rest, recover, and, and you know, spontaneously experience all of these good things that I'm describing. So that's another misconception. Um, Another misconception is that, you know, meditation always has to be this deep, blissful experience. Um, And this is, couldn't be further from the truth. The meditation experience itself is very dynamic. Sometimes it's very, very deeply restful, very, very gratifying, very blissful. And then in the very next day, it could be extremely agitating, uh, restless, and thought-filled. And then the next day, it could be very blissful again, or it could be a combination of the two. So what we need to understand is that meditation is a process of recovery. It's not a, 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 a process necessarily to experience a particular type of state. We don't meditate to have a particular type of meditation experience. Actually, why we're meditating is for a particular eyes-open experience. I'm closing my eyes to create some contrast in my experience so that I can rest and recover, so that when I open my eyes, something's changed, something's different. I'm no longer in experiencing the condition that I was experiencing before I closed my eyes, or I'm experiencing it less. And so this is the other thing that really needs to be popularized, is that the meditation experience is like going to the gym. It doesn't always feel good, but you know when being there doing it, it's doing you good. And then when you leave the gym, you feel a little bit more energized, you feel a little bit stronger, um, and you look better, so you feel better. Meditation is the same. It's like the gym for the mind. And, um, you know, some days you just don't feel like doing it, but do it. Do it and get the benefits from it. You know, if we can relinquish this need to have a gratifying experience and it's always got to feel super restful and blissful, um, if we can let go of that, then you're going to experience some really, really remarkable um, transformations in in your life experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, there, there are lots of other misconceptions, you know, that <laughs> meditations for hippies, for tree huggers, I love tree hugging. <laughs> I wouldn't consider myself to be a hippie. Um, I'd also consider myself to be very esoteric, but um, it's not specifically for people who are, I say, if you have a mind and you have a mind that is out of control, the meditation is for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the list, the list goes on, but they're the, they're the main ones. 
Yeah. And there's so many more on the app, as we know, so we can direct our listeners to One Giant Mind on their smartphone. Yes. Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts on meditation for athletes. So we have a large athlete following here on the Real Food Reel, and we, you know, we've discussed some really great general benefits of meditation. But if you could be a little bit more specific for us in regards to athletes, that would be great. Sure. Yes, I have the good fortune of working with a lot of uh, elite athletes, professional athletes, and coaches as well. And at the elite level, um, you know the the thing that separates in terms of physical talent, the the thing that separates a, a great athlete with you know a champion athlete um, is not physical ability. Because, you know, at that elite level, they're all pretty close, you know. It could be anyone's, anyone's win on the day. You know, it's, it's, as far as I'm concerned, it's 10% physical ability at that elite level and 90% mental. Mm. And, um, you know, the really great athletes, the champions, they know this, and they spend as much if not more time on the mind as they do physical training. The physical training component is, you know, it's, it's quite mechanical. You know, it's, there involves some, you know, some creativity in the way in which you can create combination of, of, of workout and training regimes and whatever. Um, but really, the real work at that elite level is all mental. And if you're not on your A game and if you aren't present, if you aren't connected to yourself, and in the moment, unconcerned about outcome. And this is the greatest challenge for any athlete is that if it's a competitive sport, um, that no energy or attention is being wasted or leaked about the future. Yeah, yeah. And this is, this is really, you know, the outcome. Am I going to win? Am I going to get the best time? Am I going to score? Am I going to... Um, you know, what, whatever it is that, that I'm going to do, um, what, well, whatever the goal or the objective of the actual sport is, the less consumed an athlete is with outcome and, and the more surrendered they are into the present moment, having faith that the work that they did in training is enough for them to physically do the job, then all that's required is for them to be in the moment and just connect completely with what it is they're doing. And the athletes that are, are the big champions, particularly like um, Formula One drivers, um, they'll describe how after, you know, 30 laps, they start to transcend. They, they on reflection, having received the checkered flag, for the final 15 or 20 laps, they couldn't really explain to you how – they got around the track because they don't really have a huge recollection. It's like they, one would say, one could say they checked out, but actually they just expanded into this automatic flow state. And flow is a, you know, an academic theory now. And what all it is, is basically the awareness so completely in the present moment that the performance becomes spontaneous. Mm. And the gateway to the flow state is through the present moment. And the only way that we can access the present moment is if we can entrain the brain to stop that habitual um, fear-based 
stress-based response of trying to control the future or regret the past, (laughs) you know, constantly reflect on, you know, shit, that happened in the past. What if it happens again? What if that happens again? What if that happens again? That can absolutely pollute the present moment. And I must get to this. I must hit this mark. I must, you know, and what if I don't? And what if I don't? And all of this completely convolutes the capacity of an individual to just be in the moment and connect and allow the natural ability to just flourish, spontaneously be expressed. And all, all great athletes, surfers as well, um, and I, I surf myself and I've had these incredible moments where I've pulled into a wave that's way out of my league and the moment just demanded that I was in it <laughs> and I was able to surf this wave that was well beyond my 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 ability and a, a sort of a natural ability kicked in and only on in retrospect well was i able to reflect on what happened it was like what just happened there i just surfed a wave and i surfed it really really well how did i do that and it, it's this spontaneous capability that kicks in and we we seldom celebrate or even reflect on this capacity that we have as human beings we have a spontaneous capability and um, it doesn't require control it doesn't require effort it doesn't require concentration it only requires that we gain access to that state that enables it to flourish dancers talk about it where they just completely surrender they get in the moment and something takes them over musicians talk about it Um, all creatives, creative expression, and athletes talk about it, where they have these moments. And I would like to present that this is actually our most natural state. And the only thing that's stopping us from experiencing it is our social and cultural indoctrination into hyperactivity, into hyperstimulation. And if we can break the cycle of perpetually being stimulated and actually give the physiology and the mind you know, repetitive access to these de-excited, quieter, more coherent states, then in performance, what we'll notice is the natural emergence of the flow state. And this is what I've observed training elite athletes, is that I just teach them how to meditate and teach, teach them a few mental processes to orientate their attention back into the present moment um, with their eyes open. They notice after only a few weeks that their performance just goes through the roof. There's an exponential spike in their performance. And it's because they're, they're not in their mind just thinking about all these other things other than the task at hand, which is kicking ass. So, um, you know, for all the athletes that are listening to this, you know, I can't recommend more strongly you want to lift your game, whether it be endurance activity or high-skill-focused activity, whatever it is, um, learn to meditate. And watch how it changes your game. Yeah, very well said. So how do we get started? I understand that the um, the 12-step course is, or each level is 15 minutes. Is that enough per day to get started? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, in a, it, when, when someone comes to learn with me privately, the prescription is 20 minutes twice a day. Um, but that, I go through a, a, you know, a four-day consecutive, 90-minute consecutive course which really contextualizes that the the one giant mind app is it's fantastic and it's really going to um, it's really going to give you all the tools you need. Um, my only re- my only recommendation is if you want to take things to the next level, 
do twice a day, mm. morning and evening. And uh, it's not twice as good, it's exponentially better. <laughs> Having said that, you know, if, if you're just wanting to get started, 15 minutes once a day, watch what happens. You know, it's, it's, it's profound. I mean, we're getting emails every day from people all around the world that are using the app just saying, hey, sending a little note just to let you know that this thing has seriously changed my life. And they just describe what they're experiencing. And what they're experiencing is greater cognitive capacity to self-reflect, to self-interact, to determine all of the things that have been inhibiting them and just simply make a choice to change. Mm. That's what they're describing is I've got more clarity to determine what's working and what's not. You know, people say, well, you know, people are trying to position meditation as the silver bullet. I say meditation is the gun. The silver bullet is increased consciousness, increased vitality. Consciousness is the silver bullet as far as I'm concerned. With greater awareness, there is nothing that we cannot resolve or conquer. And I'm not talking about just personally, but collectively, globally. I believe that, you know, the thing that's going to change our world in the way that it needs to change right now, in the way that there is a demand for us to change, lies in our ability individually and collectively to raise our level of awareness of our condition and how to ele- elegantly and more artfully meet the demand, like transform ourselves. That's and, and from the inside out. And, uh, you know, we've been indoctrinated into a culture where we're always outsourcing, always looking for blame, always looking for an institution or an organization or a government or something to implement the change that needs to happen for the world to, 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 to get better. But the reality is that that's just not going to happen. <laughs> no, it can't be outsourced. Change in the way that we need it right now can't be outsourced. It has to happen internally. And, you know, the, the more that us individuals do it, um, the quicker it happens. It's like a, it's like a, a, a contagion. Consciousness is like a contagion. When somebody increases their consciousness, everyone notices. It's like there's something different about you. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm meditating. You should try it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm noticing that happen like gra- grass fire sp- spreading. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, the grassroots level is certainly where it's got to start. I'm looking forward to jumping into the 30-day challenge next. Wonderful. Yeah, so it's a free app. That's the other thing. It's free. You can download it on your um, smartphone, uh, iPhone, Android. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a very simple process. It doesn't require too much time. And um, please send us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. That's great. Thanks so much for your time today, Johnny. Just before we wrap up, can you just direct um, our listeners to your website and social media links, please? Yeah, sure. It's uh, onegiantmind.org. Facebook is uh, facebook forward slash uh, the number one giant mind. Um, Downloading the app, it's the number one numerical one giant mind. Instagram, one giant mind. I think that's all we're rocking at the moment. Easy. Yeah. Very cool. All right, team, head to your smartphone and download One Giant Mind and get started with your 12-step meditation course. And, yeah, we, we'd love to hear what, what you experience and and certainly you can connect with One Giant Mind online. So thanks again, Johnny. It was wonderful to chat. Thanks for sharing your knowledge and take care. Thank you. Really appreciate it. All the best. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. 
Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.